everyone. Welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, and today is a very... Barry. Today is a very special day because it's a milestone episode. Um, But today is a special episode because I'm sharing my favorite failures with you guys. I ask this question um, on every episode with every guest, and it's it's important to me to hear, you know, the struggles and all of that too when I hear someone's story because it paints the whole picture instead of just highlighting the things that we already see on Instagram or, um, you know, even, you know, you make assumptions about people sometimes. So I wanted to bring people on the show to talk about everything and to talk about the struggles too because I want you guys to know that even if you're going through something similar or you're going through a dark time, you're going to get through it. And one day you might be inspiring someone. So before we get started, I'm going to recap a little bit of my story um, very quickly. If you want to hear the whole thing, go ahead and listen to episode 10, My Journey to Pink Lady Lash, I think is what it's titled. And you can hear about how I became a salon owner. Um, But most of you already know this. I started Pink Lady Lash in 2014 as a solo artist. Six months later, I was already looking for a space to make into a salon. It had been my plan all along, and I did know from a pretty early age that I was going to do this. Um, but like I said, if you're curious about that part, listen to that episode. So long story short, I opened up my first salon at age 24, opened the second one a year later, and I have, I think, you know, the type of story that on paper looks really good, but if I'm being honest, it has felt nothing, you know, nothing like that. You know, my loyal listeners know that I like to shed light on the truth and the other side of business ownership. I do it because it is my truth, and I truly don't even know how people shield their truth from everyone else. I don't know how that is done, um, but I do see it all the time. Um, the hashtag boss babe, hashtag business owner, hashtag entrepreneur. Like if you are a business owner and you're a real business owner, you don't say stuff to make people feel envious of you or to brag on any of it. Because if you are someone that employs people, if you are someone that has acquired space to open a business, if you are responsible for more than just yourself, then you, I know, have gone through so many hurdles that even on a day that you do feel like you won, you do not shit on other people and you do not brag about anything because in reality, you know that that all can change. You can get a curveball the very next day or next hour. And I just really think that when you've been through it, you aren't going to brag about certain things to the public. I just, I feel like you carry yourself a different way. So uh, let's get started with number one. And keep in mind, I'm just sharing three of my favorite failures with you today. There's a million mistakes that I've made. I make mistakes every single day, probably. But um, we are just going to dive into the biggest ones uh, for time's sake. So number one is that I moved too quickly and I put myself into a ton of debt because of that. And the consequences of doing that were basically that all of my energy and my time and my focus was directed at money because I was forced into this black hole mentally that took so much of me to get out of. And it was a really vulnerable place to be in because we had so much um, on the line. I employed and still do so many people that rely on the company to be successful and have its shit together. And I really just had to focus um, 
on money, which was scary because like I said, it's, it's a vulnerable spot because if you aren't looking at the other things, the little tiny things, then things are going to slip through the cracks and they did. So I had to focus on the little things again. And those little things are what made the company so special in the first place. And so I just poured into those little things and slowly but surely we started getting out of debt and it was a team effort, but I had to lead them. You know, no one wants to follow a leader that is so far in debt that they're stressed out all of the time. So I almost had to forget how much in debt that I was in order to get through a day. Um, I started to look at the little gains and the little wins and celebrated them with the team. They didn't have um, anything to do with money, but uh, little things like, oh, this client left a great review or, um, oh, this person handled this the right way or, oh, look at how this person handled something. That's a great way of showing why we do what we do uh, in, in this protocol or whatever it is, you know? It was little things like that that got me through every single day. And when you added them all together in a week or a month's time, you saw how much it has improved how much people have learned, including myself, in that amount of time. And what it translated to was, what do you think? More fucking money. Because the client retention went up significantly. We were seeing more clients. Our numbers were improving. So our client retention was crazy good. Um, People were happier. It was just more cohesive. The team was working better as a team. And it just felt like we were getting somewhere. What happened was everyone was able to then get raises and I was able to put more money, um, not in my own pocket, but to paying off debt that I really, you know, that was really weighing me down. Through all of this, the team didn't have a clue, half of a clue, how much I was carrying inside, like how much weight I was holding and how much it took me to even walk through the door every single day. Um, and I, I really didn't want them to know I was carrying that weight. I just wanted them to be happy and successful. So I focused my efforts on to improving the company every single day and uh, the things, like I said, that don't have to do with money but still does as a side effect, if that makes sense. Because you make more money when you think about the stuff that greedy people don't think about. Um, The ones that are just in it for the money, the ones that aren't really passionate about what they're doing, the ones that don't really care about the client's experience or how they felt about something or how the staff feels, you know, that's the stuff that actually puts you in a way better position than anyone who's just looking at numbers. Um, The way to see the numbers increase is to look at the things that's happening inside of the business. And that I I think is the key to everything. And that's something that we did at the very beginning um, that I kind of lost sight of because I was like swimming in all of this debt and it was clouding my, um, you know, my decisions and my focus and everything. So Fast forward to now, and it's just been a complete 180 within the salon. We've always had a really good culture. We've always um, really tried to focus on the client's experience, but now it's so different and so much more powerful, and we're just that much stronger of a company after um, you know going through that quote unquote failure. You know, you hear those quotes like, "Oh, um, instead of thinking about like why is this happening to me, think." What is it trying to teach me? Um, That is true. You look at it like it's a privilege for you 
to have the opportunity to learn something um, or you're privileged to have the knowledge after going through something like that because now you're so equipped to run even that much better of a company after you go through something like that because you're not going to be facing that exact same situation. It might be a different situation later, but you're more equipped. And you also have to keep in mind that if you are going to play into the victim role, you're going to lose every single time. You can't be a victim to really anything. You've got to take it as a opportunity versus this is something that happened to me. Woe is me. All of that is a losing mentality. So moving on to number two, I completely overworked myself when I first opened the salon. And I think that there's a big difference between that first couple of years where you really do have to put in a ton of hard work and it's not It's not going to be easy by any means. The mistake that I made was basically I was trying to do, I was trying to lash full time. I was trying to manage everyone else. I was trying to train all of the newbies, um, inventory, all of the finances, all of the marketing. And I was really, at first, it wasn't that bad, but over time, it really took a toll on me and it trickled down to the rest of the team. Everyone could feel when, you know, I was stressed out and that is never okay. We all make mistakes, but that is something that can be completely avoided just by preparing yourself better uh, to step into roles like that. First of all, you have to be able to let go of certain things, little things that you can teach a receptionist or Um, things that you can give to artists on your team or people on your team that want to step up and want to have more responsibility. You can be giving them those things versus you trying to do everything. And I think that for some people, I think including myself, it's it's a form of like control where you don't want to let go of any of the control because it's you're scared that people aren't going to do it like you. But chances are, if you teach them correctly and if you coach them when they don't do it correctly, they'll learn. And there's, you know, a lot of capable people in this world and um, certain things are are very easily you know, handed off to someone else. When I was uh, when I was trying to juggle everything and do everything, it was to a point where I couldn't concentrate whenever I was having a conversation with family or friends like outside of work. I also didn't want to even leave work or get off of the computer or stop checking the schedule or stop checking the email because I really had so much anxiety built up that something was going to happen or something was going to be wrong. So I wanted to be there all of the time. So I had to really trust the team at a certain point. And now that I'm fully immersed in this role um, where I'm more of a coach and more of a leader and less of a um, hands-on every single thing, um, I'm able to really look at the budget and there's so much more room for raises because of the client retention being super high and the sales are up. And so People are able to get benefits now. We have health insurance and it's good insurance and we have paid vacation. And I want to bring on other things like life insurance or 401k or maternity leave in the future. And it's looking like we'll be able to do that, Um, you know, after the new year, bring on more stuff because all I'm focused on is building up the rest of the team. And what they do because of that is they they pour into the clients because I'm pouring into them. Every day that I'm around 
my team, I try and look for something that I can help with or improve. There's a very thin line though, um, because you don't want to be a micromanager, but when somebody is new to the team, there's always room for growth and opportunities for them to improve and learn something. So at that point is the most crucial time for you to be teaching while they're in training. That way it doesn't feel like they're already out of training and you won't stop nagging them about something. So yeah, just while they're in that training period or that probationary period, which should be about 90 days, you can be teaching them as much as you can about the culture within your salon or how to handle this situation or that situation or um, you know, pairing them up with another one of your artists and having them help mentor that. That's a great way for other people to step into leadership roles as well. So I'd say my second mistake was that just um, overworking myself and really leaving no room to give attention to what really needed my attention. So the third and final one that I'm going to talk about today is that I kept the wrong people on my team for too long. Um, this, this one breaks my heart because when you are running a company, you have to think about it as a machine in a way, but at the same time, I I think a lot of women in business struggle with this. Um, our emotions get involved. We are empathetic by nature and we want to bond with each other and see the good in others. And when you're in business, it doesn't really fit all of the time and you have to switch gears a little bit. And sometimes it, it can make people defensive when they're so used to you being like, there's so much camaraderie between the two of you. They consider you to be a friend and little tiny things that go against how you run the company and how the culture is in the company. You have people that aren't, that aren't following that. What are you supposed to say? So what I learned through, you know, hiring the wrong person and not firing them quick enough is that you really should look for the right type of people on your team, the ones that are willing to learn and grow and the ones that can take um, constructive criticism well and are thankful for opportunities to be better because you want your company to not be stagnant either. You want your company to grow and evolve and to get stronger. And so the individuals in your company kind of have to reflect that as well. And also, if you don't enforce that, if you um, if you talk a big game and say, oh, this is how it is here, and then somebody joins the team and they don't feel that, that reflects on you, it reflects on your company, it reflects on your leadership, and so you have to follow through. If you say that you guys are all about positivity and um, you know great work and we, we do refresher trainings and we do this and that and like all the things that make your company special and then they never have been in a refresher training or everyone's negative and rude and gossipy, then it's, it's nothing like what you promised. And they may feel that you have such a delusional outlook on what your company really is like, and they just don't want to be a part of that. So it's going to hurt the rest of your team if you don't follow through as well with your word and what you say is important to you. All right, so the three big takeaways. One, don't put yourself into debt at all if you can help it. You may just be moving too quickly or money is hemorrhaging somewhere because of internal things that are happening in the company that needs attention and it doesn't need money, it needs attention. Second, if you're gonna be a leader, you gotta lead. You can't do everyone else's job plus yours plus maintain sanity. You will break and it won't be pretty. So step into the role and focus more on how to coach others and guide others into being their best selves as well. Finally, protect your team by enforcing your vision and values. Correct it the first time, coach them and guide them through mistakes. 
and cut them loose before it affects the rest of the team if necessary. Um, but do it gracefully. Always, um, always let someone go gracefully if that has to happen. If you are going through a tough time, just know that it is an opportunity for you to learn something. And even at your hardest and darkest moments, um, you'll be able to get out of it, I promise. I personally sometimes shudder at the thought of these mistakes that I've made not happening because I wouldn't know half of what I know now and the journey has just been honestly really cool and I really have enjoyed overall the entire process. Before I let you go, I do want to introduce something new that I'm gonna be doing with the show and that is called Ask a Lash Boss. If you would like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can do so using the link in the show notes or by just uploading a video of yourself onto Instagram and to my DMs. Uh, you don't have to post it or anything. You can literally just send me a video of you asking a question and I will be answering it here on the show, sometimes with a guest. And so I think it'll be a really fun addition to the show, shake things up a little bit. I wanted to announce it here on episode 50. Also, with this new edition, there is going to be a little bit more episodes coming out more frequently just because not every episode is going to be an interview, so there's not as much time constraints with that. Also, less editing. So, I hope you guys are excited about this. Like I said, if you want to be involved, make sure to send me a DM or click the link in the show notes and that'll tell you everything you need to know. I will be releasing episode 51, which will be a mega cast with Lashcast podcast and the Lashpreneur, Tara Walsh. We recorded it at IBS and it was really fun. So there's going to be a three part series. The first part is going to go on Lashcast. I'm going to have the second part and then Tara is going to close it out with part three. So make sure you guys are subscribed to all three of our channels to hear the entire episode. So without, I was, oh my God, I was going to say without further ado, like I was doing an intro. Okay. I need to go. So you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.